When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in the CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy. For me. I feel like uh, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. It is Bears versus Southern Bears this week. Warmer climate Bears. Looking and the forward bear, to that. And, the, and the, the Bears Bears are practicing outside in the snow. <laughs> At least one day. It's so, going inside, I believe. If I understood Matt Eberflus correctly, they will be going inside for part of today and all of Friday. I mean, that makes sense. Mark Carmen, uh, my co-host at CHGO, was in the locker room yesterday, and we're getting towards the end of the locker room, and he just comes up to me. He goes, hey, you know, low-key, I just get the feeling, I don't think the players like that they practice outside today. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, would you? Think about Cold. it, you're like, like a 23, 24-year-old, you know... Kid from Texas? Yeah, kid from Texas who's up here playing in the north for the first time, and it's starting to get cold. This is your first week like where you've seen snow. You know you're playing in Atlanta. I mean, heck, if you're even just Justin Fields, who's who's from Georgia. like You're You're wondering what's going on. Why are we we playing? Why are we practicing outside? Feel free to correct me, but this was the first time in my 11 plus years covering the Bears, where they actually warmed up inside, right? Warmed up inside the Walter Payton Center and then went to the practice fields behind Hallis Hall. Yeah, I don't remember that. Ever. I don't remember that happening. I do remember that Lovey always practiced outside. Yes. Loved to practice outside, even, even if it was cold. I remember going out there talking to the assistant coaches on the field. And full winter gear had included because it was so cold. And then I remember Mark Tressman. Anytime it like flirted with forty five degrees, he was inside the yeah. Walter Payton Dome. Even when they'd be playing in twenty degrees. Yes. At Soldier Field that weekend. Yes, yes. Didn't like the I, cold. By the way, I don't think this is that big of a deal. Um you're right in that it's it's relatively common. Um and to be fair, like as a coach you want as much space as you can, and there's only one field with tight sidelines inside the Walter Payton Center. There's no, uh, you know, really room for the kickers to kick. There's not even goalposts in there. They have a net up that has, like, the fake goalposts up that are just, like, pieces of tape on the netting 
So I get it. I get it. Want to get a full? Uh, and were they in pads yesterday? Well, they're. If I let me repeat what Matt Eberflus said, or go back to what he said, they take off their pads at some point in practice. They keep them on for individual drills, and they take them off for team. There is still some. Uh, to use a Matt Nagy word, although Matt Eberflus uses it too, there's still some thud in Bears practices going on. Yeah. Well, there's uh, we're getting close to that limit on um, like a certain amount of the padded practices can only be after week 11, I think it is. So what week is it right now? Week 11? It's week 11. So I think after this week, or maybe including this week, there's like only four more they can have or something like that. Um, they definitely tighten down on that towards the end of the season. I, I do enjoy. This is the part of the year where, like the the rookies, if I feel like I have a conversation with a rookie about this every year, it's the players from the South, from like Florida or from Georgia or from Texas, who are talking amongst their teammates about which winter jacket to buy because it's so cold. Yeah. They've never bought winter coats, and now they need one here in Chicago. And then there's idiots like me who've lived here my entire life, and I think I was like 34 or 33 when I finally like invested in a really nice winter coat. <laughs> yeah. And I was it only like, last like one or two years, though. I, might, I got a nice Eddie Bauer one now. I was thinking about wearing the house today, so you might see it. Because um, it is freaking cold outside right now. It'll be worse uh, tomorrow. Um, it's... I mean, I don't wear it a lot. I wear it, like, only when it's in the 20s. When you used to be the sideline reporter for Northwestern? No, no. See, the thing I learned about that, and I've carried it over to coaching now, um, you don't want big, bulky things on you because it actually ends up restricting your movement. You feel like you can't move, and then you move less, and then you end up actually being colder. So it took, me a, it took me a few years, and I finally figured out we had, like, a 22-degree game in Minnesota one year. And uh, actually, I think it was even colder than that. It might have been in the teens. There was a hilarious video of all the players, which I think they did again last week when they were in Minnesota, all going out for warm-ups without shirts on. Doesn't seem smart, but, you know. Northwestern is a smart school, though. Um, anyway, I figured out more layers underneath and just wear a hoodie. Ah, you see and then you end up yeah. Then you end up moving around a lot, and the, the layers end up keeping you warm, and you're fine. So there's a little tip for you. As long Advice. as you're moving, if you're standing, like if you're, a, <laughs> oh, that's a soundbite, little bit. <laughs> if you're standing in like the stands at Soldier Field, I'd recommend putting on a heavy jacket because you're not really moving there. All right, quickly, did you see the snow game yesterday between Eastern Michigan and Western Michigan? I had it on the one of the TVs. Yeah, I wasn't really watching it. My, my sons loved it. And yeah, I can't. They, they went to bed before it was over, but that snowman, that fan made. Oh there's, yeah. There, there's a bunch of regular snowman. And then this one fan actually made a man, like yeah, sitting down. Yeah, that was down. impressive. <laughs> so check that out. Google it. Snowman at and he had Central a hat Michigan. On. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the kid need to put his hat back on, but yeah, that was. That was uh, it's fun having matching games on. I still can't get like really into them, but <laughs> get those kids some coats. On the it's better than nothing. Packers play tonight, so that'll that'll be on your TV. Um. All right, well, welcome in. We got Bears and Falcons to preview today on the pod. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can um, read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Kevin Fishbane is there as well. You can find me at allchgo.com, which um, 
part of uh, kind of a big announcement today for CHGO. The um, most, almost all of our content now on the website at allchgo.com is free and unlocked for you to read. Um, you still have to be a member to get my Bears Things newsletter, but everything else I write will be good to go and free for you up there. Uh, and the membership is still going to be a pretty awesome perk for all of our events and and tailgates and merchandise like this hoodie I'm wearing, things like that. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, please check it out at allchgo.com. That stuff was just announced this morning. Appreciate all the support there. Um, you know, there is one thing, by the way, I appreciate all the, uh, I think we both very, very, very much appreciate all the uh, positive response to our episode on Tuesday with JT O'Sullivan. Guess who, Johns, told me in the locker room yesterday that for the first time ever he listened to a full Hogan Johns episode from start to finish full yeah said he's listened to plenty of episodes in the past bits and pieces maybe a guest here whenever he feels like it's necessary but this time on Tuesday's episode he actually listened from start to finish guess who it was Justin Fields no <laughs> No, that'd be cool though. But it wasn't him. It was not, not a player. Jeff Joniak. Yes. Did he like it? I don't know. He didn't say. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Does Joniak like anything besides no. the Bears winning football games? Ah, <laughs> uh, we love that guy. We yeah, love he's that the guy. Best. Um, no, but he's he thought it was pretty good, and then he was like. But I think what he was really fishing for, he's like, should I really sign up for that Patreon the QB school? I'm like, I like it. Yeah. You're an X's and O's guy. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. I think you would. He's a, he grinds some tape, Joniak. Um, all right. And then there's one other quick topic we got to get to before we break this down because it's kind of been glossed over all week. I tried to give you some space, but what the hell happened on Saturday? Oh. <laughs> Congratulations. I will bring you um uh maybe you're going to be at the house all tomorrow. I'll be there today and tomorrow. Yeah. I'll bring you some Portillos tomorrow. Ooh. The St. Ignatius Wolfpack beat my Notre Dame Dons. That option offense you run is a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass where you guys do the motion like you, you shift right before the snap. Holy hell is that a pain in the ass. Look. It was a cold day. Admittedly, we were a little banged up. I think we're down to like our third and fourth linebackers. But no excuses. No excuses at all. Um, you guys really took it to us. So congratulations to you guys. That option is something. And that defensive lineman, offensive lineman, I'm blanking on his name, Justin Scott. Yes. The top-rated junior in the state of Illinois goes to your school. Offers from Alabama to Miami to Notre Dame to Oregon. I yeah. believe all yeah. over the country. They're all after him. He is impressive. They would pull him, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, look out!" <laughs> like he's can't. massive. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, very good player. Very good scheme. On a cold day, brought my boys down to Salerno's. Went to the game. It was a good day. Still a good day. Yeah. What you think about? What you think about the environment down there? I didn't know they had stands in the end zones. I was unaware of that. Yeah, I don't know. If they they must have added those over the years. Or maybe even for the playoffs. I, you know, because when, when I was there, and that was a long time ago, and the football program was just starting, but they didn't even... Like, they put that whole turf field down while I was a student there, 
And then there was only stands on one side, and there weren't enough of them. I think they weren't legally allowed to like even host home games because the games were being played somewhere else, even though we had this really nice field. So they've had to like they've had to like add to that over the years to make it like an actual home field. Yeah, um, I like it. If if I would do it again, I would follow the lead of the guys in the alley, the fans in the alley. This this is a pro move. They were watching the game, have a good view of the game, and they were drinking in the alley while watching the game. Behind the fence? Behind the I fence. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> that, that is a pro move by those St. Ignatius alum or fathers. Back by the, uh, is Al's Beef still right there? Al, Al's Beef is, is right there. We had a, a friend of mine somehow got over the fence and made an Al's Beef run during the game and brought some back. <laughs> that is clutch. <laughs> That's bad. That's pure Chicago right there. That, that happened, yes. He was uh, handing out beefs in the stands. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> lying that this actually happened. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Well, Ignatius moves on to play Prairie Ridge. Another triple uh, option. Too. Yeah, there's, there's like um, you know, a mirror image, uh, and it's going to be like 20 degrees on Saturday. So, But it's the be- perfect scheme for cold games like that. Yeah. Like Notre Dame spread. They do a lot of outside zone stuff. The, your your running back's very good. Prairie yeah, Ridge, Vinny Rugai. Yes, Prairie Ridge's quarterback is is very good. But the scheme fits perfectly for for cold games and win too. Like we we played Sycamore's a similar team. I mean, they pounded us a couple weeks ago, and like the wind didn't really matter for them. And it because that was that really gusty Saturday, and it affected us more. So um, yeah, good for them. The triple option still lives in the state not of Illinois. My favorite, yeah, not my favorite kind of offense personally, but, uh, you know, it's high school football, so any way to victory. That's true. That's true. But congrats to you and your Wolfpack, and good luck. It's pretty cool for them. I mean, like, to not even um, – I mean, when I was there, we didn't even have a football team. It's crazy. And now they're in the state semis. So it'd be really cool to see them go downstate. So I'll be keeping an eye on that Saturday. I also want to give, uh, speaking of Ignatius, you know, send our thoughts out to the um, JV hockey team, a terrible bus accident they were in on Wild. Sunday night. I, honestly, um, uh, you know, hearing from uh, John Chandler, the school president, who did an interview, I know on the news, I know him a little bit. Just it sounds like it could have been way worse than it was. But the students that were injured uh, certainly hope they're getting better. And um, honestly, it seems like a miracle that that wasn't worse. Yeah. So it's I hate to say it, it's always like in the back of your head when you're even when I was traveling with Northwestern and stuff. It's like you just. I bus accident. Yeah, you just yeah, you know what I mean. Team. Like in the middle of the night, sometimes you're driving. The weather's not always great. For those it's just like, who it's are like listening from elsewhere, so the St. Ignatius hockey team, JV team, right? Yeah, is their JV was team was coming back from a tournament in Indiana, and yeah. their bus at night was struck by a drunk driver. And a truck, a truck, semi yeah. truck, semi truck, yes. who was just speeding through a red light like an idiot. Yeah, Oof. scary. So thoughts, thoughts to them. Yeah, and um, so anyway, all right. Um, interesting week. This is a weird. This, this is a weird thing, Johns. Uh, as we transition to Bears and Falcons, this is obviously we've been joking since the summer about all the Bears connections on this team, and yet I'd like to start this podcast by saying, of any opponent the Bears have played so far this season, this is the one I know the least about. <laughs> you think that? 
We're going to talk to Josh Kendall here from The Athletic uh, pretty soon. And I have like the, the full rundown of well, – it's not so much the players. It's not so much the front office. I was surprised by how many coaches. Yeah. <laughs> former Bears coaches there were. Like everybody all... knows Ryan Pace is there. Everybody knows Phil Emery is there. Eddie Goldman was there. But it's the coaches. The amount of coaches that stood out to me. Well, do you want to run through it? Real quick? Yeah. No, let's have fun with Josh when he comes up. Okay. Let's have fun with Josh. Let's have fun with Josh. Right, you want to we'll get to the it. three big questions real quick? And then yeah, we'll, let's do we'll it. Get... Okay. All right, let's start with this. Number one, how much credit does Ryan Pace deserve for the Bears' future with Justin Fields? Ryan Pace, as we now know, is in the Falcons' front office working for his old friend Terry Fontenot. Well, I think he gets a lot. I mean, he's certainly he's the GM who drafted him, and that and that'll always be the case. Um, but I I I do think it would be unfair to not point, you know, to just ignore the uh, everything that happened last year, because I think it begs the question: if Pace and Nagy had continued on, would, would Justin Fields be Justin Fields? What, yeah, what, you know, because the development, it's great that you draft these guys, but regardless of the position, the player, you have to develop, develop them. And I, I think it's fairly obvious that Justin Fields in a much better situation now than he was last year. The Bears had, uh, well, y- you know my thoughts on training camp last year. That, that, that plan for him just felt, it didn't function right. Looking for the soundbite. What a waste of time training camp was, guys. But it was. It was. The, the whole year was a waste of time. Yeah. With all due respect to Andy Dalton, the selection of Justin Fields changed everything. They had no idea. They, were, they had a plan. I think that's what you have to be thankful for Ryan Pace for, is that he and Joey Lane, his right-hand man, had come up with a plan to go after Justin Fields if... He fell to the right spot. That's just made sense in terms of draft pick compensation. Before the draft, they had that deal worked out with the Giants if Justin Fields was there, and they executed their plan perfectly. They celebrated in Hallis Hall. I, I have a old story. Maybe I'll share it on Twitter if you're not familiar with it, if you're listening from England or whatnot, uh, detailing how the Bears made that move. But, yes, Pace's obsession with getting the quarterback position right and his aggressiveness in doing so, I think, should always be be viewed favorably, at least with the future of Justin Fields and him developing the way he is. And and to be honest, they also got relatively lucky that that draft played out the way it did. Yes, yes. yes. But then you got to be prepared to act on that luck. Sure, sure. I, I still, I still feel like if the Panthers had drafted Patrick Sertan um, instead of J.C. Horn, I think Justin Fields is in Denver. Yeah. But or how, how, the team that Pace currently works for passed on him. Didn't they take Kyle Pitts? Yeah. And then Matt yeah. Ryan is gone one year later. Marcus Mariota is there. It, they're certainly on the list of teams that screwed that up, in my opinion. Certain we did, teams... We, yeah, certain teams just aren't ready to draft the quarterback, but Pace always was was willing to, knowing how important the position is. No, it was it was a uh, 
complicated but well thought out move. And and honestly, Nagy, Matt Nagy deserves some credit too. You know, because he was involved. He was very involved in the scouting process. There's those shots at Ohio State's pro day where you know he's hanging out with Ryan Day. They're watching him. You know, it's it's, it's you know, but I don't. I think it's kind of also clear that they probably weren't the best guys to develop them, develop him. So also credit to Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus and Andrew Ginoco and uh, Tom Pelissero came out with his uh, list of young head coaches under the age of, or uh, I'm sorry, young assistant coaches under the age of 45 that he does every year that could be head coaching candidates. And not surprisingly, I expected to see Luke Getze's name on that list, and he is. Well, he's part of that coaching tree that has had success everywhere in the NFL. Minnesota, now Miami are included. So, of course, teams are going to be calling the Bears about Luke Getz. You just hope, like if you're the Bears, teams pass over him f- for a year. Now, teams like at least more, a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you want to see at least two years of this. This Luke Getz, Justin Fields combination. Andrew Janoko would be the next in line, but you want... At least one more year of this. Yeah, absolutely. Number two, how much will the Bears miss running back Khalil Herbert? Herbert was just placed an injured reserve, so he's going to miss at least four weeks with a hip injury. Well, let me ask you a question. What is Where would you put the Bears running back room in terms of like their positional depth? In terms of like where, where on the Bears roster do they have good depth? Well, that room. Yeah. But I would say I'd have to see it from Tristan Ebner more. Like sure. David Montgomery, th- there, there's a reason why he's still their number one. They just love the violence that he that he that he, that he brings. The, mm-hmm. There's a certain intangible to it. Doesn't have the yards per carry that Khalil Herbert does. Maybe maybe doesn't have the vision or the patience that Herbert does. But they like the one-two combination of them. I'm not sure that Ebner can do with what Khalil Herbert is doing. Well, I, I don't. Th- I'm. I'm. I don't. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure the Bears know yet. I think they are hoping he can. They drafted him for this scheme. You know, they drafted him this year. Um. But I guess my point is, you would put the running back position in the area of depth, and then who's the Bears' best running back? Well, their best. Well, their best threat, but there's like that's Justin Fields. Right, so I guess my point yeah. is like they already have a deep running back room, and then oh by the way, their actual best runner is not even one of the running backs; he's the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. So I think they can survive without him, I, and I and I say that not wanting to minimize anything that Khalil Herbert's done this year because he is their home run threat. I do think that they're going to miss him a little bit, but it's really weird to look at the stats and be like, "Hey, Khalil Herbert's tied at the top in the league at yards per carry with six. He has almost as many carries as David Montgomery. His yards per carry is way lower, almost half. But I think David Montgomery picks up the harder, dirtier, more important yards in tight situations when you got to have it. So I almost feel I know like... What you're saying, but Herbert still moves the ball because of that yards per carry. He was on sure. pace for 1,000 yards as their number two running back. That's something. Yes, I, I, he's a good player. He, he's a good player. I just, I feel like... If Monk and we've seen Montgomery go out, that's another thing that we've seen Montgomery go out and then be okay. And I feel like it's the same thing. It's going to be the same thing with Herbert. It's the running back spot. 
Well, the running game is also functioning differently, like you said, with Justin Fields. I don't yes. think they want to have as many carries as, as he just had. I think they'll take serious consideration with the heaviness he's feeling with his legs. Yeah, that's actually him. a small thing I wanted to bring up that kind of yes. worries me. Yeah, you, you want to protect him as much as you can, knowing how important he is. Uh, number three. How much are you buying, or should I say selling, Adam Hogue, the Jack Sanborn hype that you helped create, Adam Hogue? I didn't do anything. <laughs> Jack Sanborn did this. He did do this. With his really good play. I don't know. I, I have to say, as the, uh, the president of the Jack Sanborn uh, whatever club... <laughs> Even I've this, I feel like I've been the one this week being like, "Whoa, okay, let's 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 it's like, okay let's to slow pump it down. the brakes a little bit." This is what I'll say. Like, like I don't I don't want to say rolled my eyes when like Alan Williams said like, "Oh, he, he looked like he belonged." Like I get it. That's coach talk sometimes. But then he goes out against the the Lions. Forget looking like he belonged. He looked like the Bears' best defensive player at times. Yeah, I think he was like, the Bears' defensive player. He yes. might have been the Bears' best player. Yes, two sacks. Let him in sacks. Let him in tackles. Should have had interception. Yeah. Trifecta right there. He was outstanding. Yeah. He was outstanding. I, I mean, I think he's a player. I, I, I felt strongly he could develop into a starter. I didn't think he'd be the best player on defense. But that also, I think, has, says a lot about the players around him on defense right now. All right, quickly before we go through over-unders, what do you think of the addition of Taco Charlton on a Wednesday when it should have been on a Tuesday? Right? That's what I was saying. <laughs> Come on, Ryan Poles. But I think they did technically make the addition Tuesday just because he was already there Wednesday. Right? It's true. So we, we could call it Taco Tuesday. So Tuesday was Taco Tuesday. I have one takeaway on this. Doesn't... There's no need for over-analysis on this. The Bears' pass rush stinks. Yeah. The current crew or the old crew wasn't getting it done, so let's bring in some guys who can try to get it done. Matty Bufloos is very familiar with Taco Charlton from their days in Dallas. Let's give it a shot. Sure. Former first-round pick. Didn't work out there. Has bounced around a lot. Not very optimistic about it. Yeah. Just maybe give us a sack and a half. All right. Uh, probably oh. not. Over-unders real quick before we get to Josh Kendall. Um, let's go back to Jack Sanborn. This is from Athens Shores. Jack Sanborn over-under on tackles this week, eight and a half. And sack, half. I think I'm going over. Yeah, both. I think definitely the tackles. And if you just look at this whole season, like before Sanborn was out there, it was Roquan getting the sacks. Right. Roquan so, Smith was your... Leading sacker. <laughs> and and Mariota's the kind of guy that might just run into one, you know, on the outside where a linebacker's pursuing. So, yeah, I think I'll take the over. Okay. All right. I like that, too. I, I like this. We have a combo here from Gene, Chuck, Austin, and Brandon. Let's go with this one first. Ryan Pace, ex-Bear staff mentions on the broadcast set at one and a half. Over. I'm going to go over. There's too many of them. I think you get video of Pace talking to Justin Fields before the game, and then you get one mention or two during the game, and then Phil Emery will get one as well. So that's I was going to say, I think you even throw in an Emery mention. Yeah, so that's three right there. 
References to former Bears players now in Atlanta. Chuck has it at two and a half. Austin has it at three and a half. I'm going to go. Let's set it at three and a half because there's so many of them. And one in Patterson can get the ball. So you might just get a lot of the Well, just to clarify, it can't just be them mentioning their names, right? You got to be mentioning how they used to play for the Bears. Former Bear. Ex-Bear. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely going to be a graphic they put up. Yes, so that's one. So let's set it at three and a half. Okay. And I'm going to go over. I think you get four. Mm. Jameer Bird's been relatively... Uh, I'm going to go with three. Okay. Yeah, so I guess that's technically the under. Now this is from Brandon. Calling the Falcons the Atlanta Bears during the broadcast. Half. I'm going to go over with one. Yeah, I think there might be one, too. This might also be one of those things where, like, only we care about it in Chicago. The broadcast should have fun with this, right? They should. Like, how can you not look at all the former Bears and have fun with it? Not have fun with it. Is this Joe Davis and uh, That's your Moose? Area. I think it's Moose this it, week. It is. I like Dude. this one. You ready for this one? From Sam Burns and Cloudy Future. Those are two different people. Ooh, this is a good one. Michael Vick, Justin Fields comparisons. And then Cloudy Future took it to another level with Justin Fields, Michael Vick highlight run video clips. Over. Both are set. Yeah, both are over. going over. Both are going, both are at one and a half. Both are going over. I was gonna go over whatever you said. Yeah, because this is a good excuse to get some Vic highlights in there. And, and who doesn't like some Vic highlights? Yeah. All right. Love it. This one is from Guar Cleveland. This one is for you specifically. Bears get screwed by ref calls. Two and a half. <laughs> Probably over based on how it's going. I thought I was relatively tame this week. I kind of actually... People did not like that I pointed out that the Bears also got away with some calls. They did. They had two false starts that didn't get called and a a blatant illegal motion where Byron Pringle was moving forward to block way before the snap. That was just a terribly called game. It was. It was. It was. A couple pass interference. Penalties missed. One on Based on what we've seen, I think it'll go over again. Yeah, <laughs> based on some Bears fans' convictions, way over. I think it's Trey Blake as the ref this week, first year as a referee. So uh, get get ready for that. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box Watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces 
maybe with a Hogan Johns pull or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, joining us now is Josh Kendall. He covers the Falcons for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Josh the Athletic. Uh, as you should be doing with the Bears opponents every week. Uh, Josh, thank you for jumping on today. We were uh, just joking and talking about uh, all the former Bears connections down there in Atlanta. Uh, it's a big storyline up here, at least this week, uh, as we get into this game. Yeah, there, there was a real influx after uh, after Ryan, Ryan Pace came aboard, and one of them you know, had an, an outsized impact, I think, from what we all expected, which was Elijah Wilkinson, who stepped in immediately as the left guard and kind of solidified that spot until two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, where he goes on the hour with a knee injury. Then the guy that they plug in that hole goes on the hour with a knee injury. And now they're looking at their third string left guard and the prospect of potentially putting Jalen Mayfield, second-year guy who started 16 games there last year, but really, really struggled back in that spot just out of necessity. So, you know, I think that, you know, the, the absence of Elijah Wilkinson, of, of all things, will have an impact on the Falcons this week. All right, let's give everybody a, a rundown of who is there. Feel free to chime in. We got Phil Emery and Ryan Pace in the front office. This is what I thought was really interesting. Here are the coaches. Dave Ragone, Charles London, Michael Peachy. Those, those are two Former Bears running backs coaches there. Once Charles London's coach yep. of quarterbacks, though, right? Yes. Uh, Ted Monachino, great quote. Remember that, Adam? Yeah. Great quote. That was Chuck Pagano's right-hand man. And here's yep. a name from the past. Blast from the past right here. John Hoke. Mm-hmm. Coach in the secondary? Yes. Old Lovey Smith guy. And here are the players. Abdullah Anderson. Nick Kwiatkowski. Jermaine Effetti, everybody's favorite former Bear in Chicago. Cordell Patterson, Demir Bird. You mentioned Elijah Wilkinson. He's an IR now, right? Then Eddie Goldman was there for a little bit. Now he's retired. I don't even know if Goldman was, was ever here. Goldman was here on paper, <laughs> on a piece of paper. Physically, I don't know anybody who saw his body on the campus. So, I, you know, Eddie you know Goldman what? in spirit. We didn't know if he was ever in Chicago sometimes either. You know, it, there you, it, go. you just kind of had to guess. Um yeah, that one didn't really work out. So I, the, the one that kind of let's talk about Dave Ragone a little bit, because, you know, this was even last year when when he goes down there and Cordero Patterson goes down there. And it's like every team Cordero Patterson's been on until he got to Atlanta, including the Bears, could never figure out how to use him properly in the offense. And now all of a sudden he's a touchdown fantasy football machine. How much uh, credit does Dave Ragone get for that? And what exactly is Ragone's? Um, role in the offense, in the the game planning, the calls that are getting called. Uh, how how is that all working up there with the head coach? For for starters, I think we're going gets a good amount of credit for that. Just as the voice in Arthur Smith's ear to say, "Hey, listen, I've seen this guy. Let's he's on the market for cheap. We need cheap guys. 
what if we did this with him? What if we used him in this way? And Arthur Smith is, you know, who considers himself an, a solutions guy, thought, yeah, my, that might work. And, can, you know, I, I think Arthur Smith considers himself one of the smarter guys in the room, and he, and he, and he may be right. So, you know, they they had a necessity. They plugged Cordero in, and it's been a great fit. So I think Dave gets credit for that. Where Dave fits in big picture, you know, he's caught in a, you know, in his, a, a tough spot, if we can call any of these guys in a tough spot. He's the OC for a head coach who handles the – who calls the entire offense, whose fingerprints are on the entire offense. This is not Dave Ragone's offense. This is Arthur Smith's offense. What Dave's role is here – is Arthur's conduit to those guys, you know, kind of a, you know, a deep cut with this Falcons team. As you saw both coordinators, Dean Pease and Dave Ragone, come out of the box onto the field this year. And Arthur Smith has credited that with helping them make some strides. I think Dave Ragone is, is an interpreter at times with Arthur Smith and, and his guys. How would you encapsulate the, the roles that Phil Emery and Ryan Pace have in that front office? My understanding is that, Phil scouts more. Ryan's there with with Terry Fontenot. Take us through it if you can. Your understanding is as good as mine. This is a this is a buttoned up shift. This is another Arthur Smithism. He likes to take shots at organizations uh, essentially that are not fortresses. You know, if um, you know, he he will often unsolicited take shots at at leaks that come out of organizations that clearly come out of organizations. They, they pride themselves on being a very buttoned down ship. So we don't see uh, we don't see or hear a lot from Terry Fontenot and nothing from the former Bears guys from the guys behind the scenes. So you know th- they you know they give the vibe that they think they've got secrets worth protecting and they're just not gonna you know peaks behind the curtain are very few and far between here. All right, looking at it from the outside, uh, as a, a Justin Fields makes a homecoming to the Atlanta area, um, it sh- it sure seems like that in hindsight would have been a really good fit uh, to, to have him drafted by the Falcons that year in his home state of Georgia. Is, is that a storyline down there in Atlanta? Do they talk about that, or is it you know Kyle Pitts was an obvious pick? You take. You know, you take who's maybe the best player on the board there, and you, you know, you move on. That's been a storyline since they took took Kyle Pitts. The only change in the narration is, you know, who should they have taken instead of Kyle Pitts? Um, you know, at one what, what, at one point it was Trey Lance. But now you go back six weeks ago, and folks were talking about Justin Fields like a bust. So I don't think anybody until this last month was saying. Well, look at you idiots! You should have taken Justin Fields. Now everybody says, "Well, look, you idiots! You should have taken Justin Fields." <laughs> I think that the lack of production from Kyle Pitts this year snowballs that conversation to some degree. So that's going to be a huge topic this week. It's going to be, I would imagine, an even bigger topic. You know, Sunday at 3 p.m. when Fields crosses 150 yards rushing in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and people are just disgusted. Long term, I think the Falcons feel good about, still feel good about the pick that they made. Still feel really good about Kyle Pitts' future, et cetera, et cetera. There's clearly a reason they they didn't take Justin Fields. They would never say it. They publicly will say that they are big Justin Fields fans. I will say, if you look at this version of Justin Fields, with what Arthur Smith's offense looks like, boy, it looks like they could have been a good fit. I mean. 
Arthur Smith wants to run the ball and throw deep off of it. This is what we've seen from Justin Fields in the last month. Yeah. This is what we've seen him do really, really well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, right now, throw me in with the pitchfork crowd that says, you know, why didn't you draft Justin Fields? That was a no-brainer. So you kind of highlighted that they're very similar teams, very run-heavy teams. Tell us about Marcus Mariota. Like, obviously, he's not a long-term QB. Um, how's he playing? Where is it? Where is this fit? I mean, how how long did they stick this out with Mariota? That's a great question. At this point, it look going backwards in, in the order that you asked him. At this point, that looks like they stick with him through, throughout the season. I think if you're not going to make a change coming off of what was a really startling performance against Carolina with a mini buy, you're just not going to make that change. Marcus Mariota um, is, in in some ways, as good as Atlanta could have hoped for. If you rewind the clock a little bit, they put themselves in a bad situation, as did everybody else, in my opinion, who pursued Deshaun Watson. What the Falcons ended up with was no Deshaun Watson and a veteran quarterback who was kind of pissed off about the whole situation and said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go somewhere else." They sent him to Indianapolis the same day. They get Marcus Mariota, which I would argue at that point was about as good as they could have hoped for. He's a guy who had experience in Arthur Smith's offense. He's a guy who's great in the locker room. He's a guy who's beloved by his teammates. You know, that's all great. On the field, we've seen his limitations, the biggest of which is his inability to consistently throw that deep ball, which this offense depends on to be fully unlocked. Everybody in Atlanta wants to see Desmond Ritter, and I think Desmond Ritter probably could throw that deep ball more effectively than Marcus has this season. The problem is the Falcons clearly don't think that Desmond Ritter is ready to do all the stuff necessary to get you to that deep ball opportunity. Marcus Mariota does a ton of pre-snap stuff, does a ton of directing traffic. The Falcons bring personnel on and off the field per snap more than any team in the league. There are, there are a lot of moving parts in this offense. There'll be a lot for a rookie to do. Marcus Mariota is mobile enough that he adds a little something to the run game, not Justin Fields' level to the run game. So Marcus Mariota has done what the Falcons have asked him to do. He is who I think the Falcons knew he was going to be. He's a bridge from Matt Ryan to something. The Falcons just don't know what the something is yet and or how long the bridge is going to have to be. All right. I don't know if you've gotten this far this week or not, but are, are you leaning one way or the other with a with a pick for this game? I'm I'm, I'm terrible at these picks. If you look, if you read our our expert picks on the athletic, you'll see how truly terrible I am at these. Right now, I would take the Bears. <clears throat> the logic is, if we're if we've got four units, Atlanta offense and defense, Chicago offense and defense, I feel like we know what we get we're getting from three of those four. The Bears' defense and the Falcons' defense are not good and are not going to be good. The Bears' offense of the last month is going to be good. and We don't know what the hell we're getting from the Falcons' offense. So based on that logic, I mean, I think, gun to my head, I'm, I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, place your money on the, the best player on the field, and that yeah. player belongs to the Bears, and it's going to really enrage that fan base, I feel like, by the end of the day. Down there in Atlanta, I, 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 he's gonna he's gonna look like he's gonna look like a number seven quarterback who used to play in Atlanta, and it's gonna make some Falcons fans really really mad. Uh, do you think we get a lot of like Michael Vick highlights and Justin Fields like uh, we montage sh- we like in the broadcast at least? I mean, I, it 
it's an interesting comparison. That they're they're different types of runners as as best as I can tell. But I mean, in in terms of electric with their legs and big play threats with their legs, fields fields of the last month. This is this is hyperbole, and I try to stay away from it. fields of the last month. Is is the closest thing, you know, I can remember to to Vic. Yeah. And they could both fire the ball when they really needed oh, to as right. well. Yes. So yes. Uh, that's that's the other comparison, too, that I think people lean on. Um, I still think Vic was probably a little bit more elusive, and Justin probably oh, yeah. has, has a little bit more power th- than that's Vic. What I'm saying. But they're, they're, a di- they're a different sort of you know animal to handle, but they are both. Yeah. Yeah. I think Fields might be the better passer by the end of the yeah we'll see see. he's still got to prove that all right uh josh thanks so much we really appreciate the insight and uh you know in in, for a game between two teams that aren't that good it still should be an interesting one we certainly yeah it'll be fun and should should be fast should go quickly yeah there we go all right josh kendall thanks so much thanks guys thanks josh all right there he is let's get back to um i guess we got to make our predictions bold predictions Chase Claypool touchdown. Oh, all right. That means it's going to happen in like two weeks from now when I don't. Yeah, I was going to say, then you have guaranteed another (laughs) slow week for Chase Claypool. What was the one we got on Twitter this morning that was like, hey, Johnsy, can (laughs) can you predict this? Luke Getty will be a head coach in the NFL next year. Oh, yeah. If you you want it, I'll give it to you. You watch, you listen, you read us. Luke Getzey will be a head coach in the NFL next year. You happy? <laughs> yes. So now, so now he'll be back. That's good. That's good. Um, all right. Bold prediction for me. Um, I think that um, the Bears, man, it's just, I want to go higher because this isn't really like that high, but I do think the Bears take the ball away twice. But that, based on what they've done in recent weeks, that is bold. Because they haven't really been well, doing it. Well, it's been there. The opportunities have been there. Travis yeah. Gibson, balls pouncing around. Jack Sanborn had it. Jalen Johnson, well, it was a bad call by the officials. You it know, was a forget, bad call. Forget Jalen Johnson's part on that. Just an awful call. It was a terrible call. It was ridiculous. Um, but I do, maybe I'm basing this too much in the, John's last Thursday, got to Denver. We were there. We were having a dinner with a family. Game was sort of on over here. Then I got back to the room. I watched the last like five minutes of the game. And like, even though I didn't watch a whole lot of the game, I must have seen like six passes that wanted to be intercepted. I'm talking about the Falcons Panthers game last week, and and so I just feel like there's going to be opportunities that the Bears have to take advantage of. So, all right. In terms of a prediction for the game, um, like Josh, I have been awful at this this year. I think I'm like two and seven or whatever it is. Oh, I'm like six and four, seven and three, maybe. I don't know. How, how have you been paid? The Bears are so hard to pick. All right, you go first, then I'm just going to copy your pick. All right. <laughs> we have Fox, Noon, Bears, and Falcons. Falcons are minus three. I'm taking the Bears by a touchdown, Adam Hogue. The Bears by a touchdown. I'm going to go back to my score I had the other day 30 to 23 Bears. Similar to what I had last week. That is exactly what I had last week. Well, my I prediction think. last week would have been pretty damn good without the uh, pick six. I thought the Bears would win by about a touchdown or whatever. I don't if the pick six isn't there, it's a 30-24 to, 20, to game. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I like, I, I think 
I think Josh broke it down pretty well. That's like that's kind of where I am too. Like at least last week, you could look at the Lions' offense and be like, it functions. You know, they they moved the ball. They've scored a lot of points earlier in the year. It kind of dipped, sure, but this this Falcons' offense. Well, I guess where it does scare me is in the running game. I mean, the Bears Bears aren't exactly prolific at stopping the run. Um. But I just feel like they're gonna have a harder time getting into the end zone than the Bears are. And I and I do think you heard Justin talking yesterday about, yeah, I like playing on the turf. He says he's faster on the turf. Because there's been a lot of talk this week about is the turf safe? Is it causing injuries? And Justin's Justin yesterday was like, Yeah, I get where they're coming from, but I want to play on the turf. Yeah. <laughs> he also said, What did he say? Uh played on turf my whole life. Yeah. Which is true. Other than Soldier Field. Um Right. I think he hits 200 yards passing, by the way. Ooh. I don't know if the rushing numbers are at, well, Josh at 150. I don't know if they get that high. Maybe they're around 80, 90. But I think they move move the ball through the air a bit, too. All right. Officially, I'm going to say um, 28 to 24. Bears. Okay. All right. Yeah. 28-24. Okay. Four-point win. Bears win. Yeah. So take that and think about that for a little bit. All right. Uh, we got other games to fly through here. We go to a Thursday nighter because it's Green Bay. Packers. Titans. Tonight. I have to, you know, I have to say, Johns, I have been trying for like five years now to get up to Green Bay for a game where I can actually be in the stands because I would like, I, we've been up to Lambeau a lot. I've never sat in the stands there and I love the stadium. I'd like to experience that. And I'm like, one of these years there's going to be a Thursday or Monday night game where the bears aren't playing where I can get up there. It's not that long of a drive. So I thought about doing it this week and then I was like, hell no, it's going to be like 19 degrees. Yeah. My advice to be, unless you have that hunting gear, they all wear up there. <laughs> some of it bright orange, then yeah, don't bother. No, my, my living room is going to be just fine tonight. By yeah. the fireplace, I, I'm going to pick the Packers in this one. They're they're given three, and I, I don't think they've have figured everything out. I think the Titans, okay, maybe the Titans run it down their throats a little bit with Derrick Henry, but I'm changing my mind. You can talk now. Um, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to take the Titans. They, they just. They're a more complete team. There's nothing flashy or exciting about the Titans. They're they're well coached though, and they always find a way. Like even in that game a couple yeah. weeks ago against the Chiefs when they were in Kansas City and they lost in the end, like there was still like a weird, weirdly odd, impressive performance. Even though they didn't do anything flashy, Mike Vrabel's kind of a good coach. He yeah, is. They, right, they, I, you got me. Well, it wasn't hard. You convinced me. Give me the points and the Titans. Yeah, I just. I think they get it done, and I think it's a kind of an ugly game. Although I will say, I, I am very interested to see if Christian Watson keeps what he did last week going, um, because he's, he had drops in that game too, I believe. Yeah, he's very. What was his scouting report? Had as many drops in college as he did touchdowns. It's a red flag, but he still delivered the touchdowns, and they beat the Cowboys. So. Um, that's fine. All right. Buy some penis and cracker jam. We moved to Sunday. CBS 
Thanks for picking a game that we have no idea where it's going to be played. Browns at Bills. The Bills are an eight-point favorite. There's this crazy lake effect thing going on uh, with the Great Lakes this week. If you live on the east side of any of the lakes, especially in Buffalo, you're going to get pounded. I think it's already started now, and it might snow all the way through Sunday morning. Think about that. So um, they're talking about a crazy amount of snow, possibly having to move this game to Detroit. Uh, they can't move it to Minnesota, which is usually their preferred location because the Vikings have a home game this week. So that'll be interesting. But the Bills are an eight-point favorite. Back-to-back losses for the Bills. Josh Allen's not feeling himself. Um, you got that elbow injury, right? Elbow injury? Yeah. Give me the Browns covering. Bills win. I would love to see them play in the snow. I like snow games. I watched some of that snow game last night, even if it was a college game. Give me the uh, no. Give me the Browns covering. Bills win. I'm gonna take the Bills to cover. They were winning that game just fine against the Vikings. The Vikings are better than the Browns. Um, I think they kick it in high gear and they figure it out. So I'll take the Bills. Point is, uh, those are some numbers. Fox noon. Lions and Giants. Uh, in New York or in New Jersey, Giants are a three-point home favorite over the Lions. You think it'd be more? Yeah, yeah. Give me the Giants a little bit here. Yeah, they they cover. It's not going to be a flashy, good-looking win. They never are. They never seem to be for the Giants. But give me the Giants flirting with a four or five-point win. Uh, yeah, I think I'll take the Giants too. I just I'm not buying the Lions at all. The Giants are. Are just better, so I'm gonna. I'll, I'll agree with you th- on that one. Good job by Equinemia St. John. He's gonna get the block. CBS 325 Cowboys at Vikings. Pretty good game. Uh, Cowboys are road favorites here. Vikings, despite being what are they eight and one now? Yeah, eight and one. Did you see Paul Allen the video that went viral yesterday? I love Paul Allen. I'm glad he's getting the national recognition. He's just different the way he calls a game. So good. You lucky suckers. <laughs> that part's amazing. Check it out. It's on Twitter. It's everywhere. LeBron James tweeted it today. Yeah. <laughs> He's the Vikings play-by-play voice. We should try to get him on maybe before the, uh, the last Adam game. Adam Tara, Mike McDaniel list. Yeah. Well, PA, can, I've, I've had PA on the radio a couple times. I, he can be hard to get. He's Now he's very much in demand, I'm sure. Um, but he's he's in, he's incredible. The Vikings fans up there love him. So I'm, I'm going to take Vikings. the Vikings. Yeah, yeah they just they keep finding a way. They're, They're back at home. The Cowboys are coming off a loss. And, you know, it's I, I have to say, there are a couple picks I made last week that, that in hindsight were really dumb. Okay, one of them was the Seahawks. Just like, yo, they're flying from Seattle to Germany. You're just gonna pick them? <laughs> like that's, yeah. come on, man. That's a lot of that's a lot of jet lag. Uh, more than Tampa, and yeah, the other one was tr- some for some reason trusting Mike McCarthy in, at Lambeau Field yeah. against the Packers. That's just dumb. I don't know why you thought that. So I'm gonna <laughs> do this. I was thinking that like ten seconds ago when we went through a Packers pick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I'm going to do the same thing. Mike McCarthy against the Vikings. Yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings. The Vikings. So, all right. 
And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. All right, NBC, this is the Sunday night game, 720. We got the Chiefs at Chargers. Uh, this was like a marquee game back in, was that week two? It was a while ago. It was kind of a fun game. Um, the Chargers, to me, the Chargers are a good example of a team that found their young quarterback and have a lot of other issues. So just a lesson that the QB doesn't always solve everything. Um and the uh, Chargers are five-and-a-half-point home underdog here. There might be more Chiefs fans there than Chargers fans on Sunday. Yes, yes. Chiefs by 10. It just strikes me as a game that's going to be close to the end, and it's going to be Mahomes who's making good on his drives and not Justin Herbert. I agree with you. I just Five-and-a-half is too much for me. I think the Chargers cover it. I think the Chargers' problem is they just they can't find a way to win these types of games, but I think they'll keep it close. I think you're getting that field goal with like three minutes left, or um, two minutes maybe. left, where it's yeah. The nail still, on the coffin. even by a touchdown lead, they'll let that covers, but that's that's what I'm going with. All right, well, we got to get out of here. Appreciate everybody listening, uh, watching on YouTube. Make sure you go check out our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. Uh, hit the like button if you're already watching on YouTube. Appreciate you. Set the notifications. You'll know when we go live post-game Sunday. When you hit that little bell, uh, it'll pop up on your phone. We always try to go round five, but everybody's busy. Post-game obligations doesn't always happen right on time. So if you have the notifications, you'll know when we are live post-game. Bears and Falcons uh, from Atlanta. And um, make sure if you're listening the old school way, rate and review the pod. Tell a friend, most importantly, text a Bears fan right now. Say, hey, check out Hogan Johns. Appreciate each and every one of you and uh, the merch, obbyshirts.com for all of our merchandise. Again, in the month of November, the uh, portion of the proceeds go to the 22Q Family Foundation. And thank you to everybody that is helping out there. All right. We will uh, talk to you post game on Sunday. See ya. Point is, uh, those are some numbers.